Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast. My name is Catherine King and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we chat to senior executives from a range of departments, industries and functions, all about their passions, experiences and challenges within data analytics. Let's go ahead and dive straight into today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Business of Data podcast brought to you by Caridium. This week we are talking all about implementing new and successful AI products. And to chat just about that, we have invited Deep Ratanal Shavasti to join us, who is the Senior Vice President and Head of Digital Solutions for Franklin Templeton. Now, if you haven't met Deep before, uh, a quick intro to get you up to speed with Deep. So he's been within Franklin Templeton for almost 15 years this year. Prior to that, he has worked within Oracle, Genpact and Tata Motors as well. Now, if you can't find Deep at his work desk, you'll most likely find him enjoying some scrumptious food and wine or enjoying a good book. Deep, it's lovely to have you joining me today. How are you doing? Good, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me here. You are so welcome. Now, when when someone tells me they like reading, usually I'm expecting a couple novels, maybe some biographies. But I mean, really, when you say you enjoy reading, it's kind of the the heavy side of reading, right? You're you're quite interested in learning more around quantum physics and all of those fun things, right? I do. They are my escape uh, from the from the regular world, so to speak. You know, and and it's 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 a different world altogether. You enjoy uh, reading those areas. Uh, you're not worried about. Uh, COVID, you're not worried about a lot of other things going mm. on. So yeah, uh, I love my escape. I love that. I love that. See, some people go to Lord of the Rings for a fantasy world. We're going to quantum physics. You know, there's horses for courses here. There's horses for courses here. I love that. So we're talking today about implementing AI products. And as with all of my guests, I jump on a call ahead of this recording and I say, hey, what's exciting for you at the moment? What do you want to talk about? And your eyes lit up as soon as you said you were wanted to, you wanted to talk to me today about implementing new products and that being just such a successful thing for you over the last few years and you being able to have this really strong story. So, I mean, why did your eyes light up deep? What, what can you tell the listeners about your excitement for this space? Um, so Catherine, we have, uh, just like you, we have all been fairly connected in the data analytics, digital world uh, for, for so many years now, right? And we see the excitement of what what uh, data can do, what digital can do, uh, how th- uh, can change things, right? Um, and oftentimes, some of those conversations tend to be in the back end of our business can be better. But I think where we keep moving now is that the as we evolve, you, you start seeing that digital products can change the value proposition of a traditional business. And I think that gets very exciting. Now, the way it happens is like most firms you see uh, where Initially, there's a lot of work in getting the data foundations in place, and that's an exciting part as well, and we have all been on that journey. But then as you go beyond that and go beyond uh, the the core analytics and insights, there is a point in time when the data, the AI capabilities, the digital interactions that you can create with stakeholders, that kind of that ecosystem starts to come together. And what it does is that if you blend that ecosystem and blend the domain of the firm, the value proposition of the firm, when, the, when, when, when these capabilities intersect with that value proposition, um, it's magical. You know, it really changes things. It, uh, it, it opens up new capabilities. It mm-hmm. evolves the offerings. 
and it starts to create new channels and markets that uh, were either underserved uh, or being not uh, uh, you know looked at enough and starts creating a much deeper connection with clients you know so so that part of the journey now over the years as we as we transform to to come to this this side of creating these products uh, became super exciting for me I love that. And, you know, just, just having that greater relationship is something that we're all striving for, right? I think it's, it's, it's certainly one of those things. It's non-negotiable now, but it's exactly the direction we we all want to be uh, heading in. So with, with what you've been doing in this space, what have been say two or three things that you, you have really seen uh, in achievements, in successes, what are the sorts of uh, kind of case studies you can, you can shed some light on? Yeah, so I think uh, we, we did a lot uh, in uh, in the past, uh, you know, like, uh, and again, it might be a, uh, sound like a cliche, but I think focusing on client value proposition has been a part of the core of the firm. And, and I think, so as, as a part of it, we used to do a lot of research. Uh, we used to interact with clients a lot. Uh, so there were insights that we were generating. Um, but as I said, there came a point in time when we realized that we can leverage uh, these new channels to create personalized investment solutions for clients. And to do that, uh, over the last few years, we've done a fair amount of academic research in this space. We have put in a fair amount of capabilities. What we've ended up, uh, as of now, what we've launched in the market is a digital platform called the Goal Optimization Engine. Uh, and what it does is it is able to translate client goals, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, investor goals into uh, appropriate, appropriate investment solutions. So these investment solutions, they can be highly personalized, but at the same time, they can be delivered at scale and with very low cost. Mm. And that helps financial advisors, that helps investors who are trying to reach their goals, you know, different goals, especially retirement kind of goals. Um, you know, so, so that's what we have done. And the key is that these are being delivered at an individual level and the fact that digital and data form the foundation of the offering. Yeah, it's, it, well, it sounds to me like you've checked all, all of the checkboxes there about the individuality, but then the scalability, because many people who I talk to, it's kind of one or the other, and it's kind of trying to then achieve the other thing. They might have something that's deeply individual and really fantastic for that client, but then the challenge comes in scaling that up to be used in, in, in a way across the business, or you have it the other way where you have something that's a bit more general that is scalable, but you, you, you uh, don't get to that individuality. So how did you manage to balance those, those two very challenging elements? I think you're, you're spot on on that, Catherine. I think that's a good observation that so often in life, you know, we think about in our business uh, uh, work, uh, we think about these as trade-offs, you know, mm. like the scale versus the cost and, and, uh, business decisions are about how you bring them together. But then when the third element comes in that, Hey, there are new capabilities, you know? Mm. So, so that's where the fun comes in that think about the fact that in absence of AI, yes, there would be trade-offs between these two. Uh, but with AI coming in, you suddenly realize you can actually do both. Uh, now that requires a fair amount of effort because AI is not one magical wand that you can sweep across this that requires customizing it, doing it for our proposition, how these solutions are crafted um, mm -hmm. and how the data is captured and so on and so forth. But when you do it, the trade-offs are gone. You know, you are, you, you're able to actually achieve both. Uh, and that is what, I mean, it felt exciting, but to be actually able to do it, uh, it I mean, it, was, uh, it took quite a few years of effort to get to this point. 
Yeah, it can be the way that uh, when we talk about these projects, it sounds like we clicked our fingers and, and they happened, of course. Now, in, in the, the few years that it took to, to build up to these capabilities, what were some of the challenges that you were working through? Were there challenges that you came across which you didn't see in front of you and then you, you ended up, uh, you know, kind of having to work through during that period of, of time of, of uh, progressing this? Um, yeah, I think we started off first with the client challenges. So as I said, you know, that we were thinking about the fact that the investment solutions are, uh, the investment products are often not talking the language of an individual. So we started seeing that as a disconnect mm. um, and solving and because, you know, individuals have liquidity needs, you know, they have multiple goals for different priorities, you know, so for example, your vacation goal is very different from your goal to buy a home or how do you save for retirement, your time horizons are different for each of them. Um, but these products would not be able to talk that language, right? So th those things were not in place. And so we had, it was not a simple question of bringing in a data capability and fitting it in there. You had to really start by saying that we may have to rewrite the rules of some of these investments. We'll have to really think about how the, the, the process happens in a different way um, uh, to be able to really align it. Um, that is where a big part of the research happened that you could see the potential, you could get a neat sense of it, uh, but how do you put it in paper? Um, uh, how, how do you bring it to life? Uh, and then how do you create a scalable product around it? You know, that requires a different level of effort because you may have the academic foundation, but oftentimes what you may not have is that, how are you able to actually translate it? Um, are, there, uh, are your solutions really speaking the same language? Um, so, so a lot mm -hmm. of it was just connecting the language of these different worlds together. Yeah, it's so funny how many of these conversations uh, always just drill down to either humans and people and culture or humans and language and, you know, making sure that everyone is is speaking the same language or at least understanding the languages that, that are being spoken around the, the business table. Um, now, often when we talk about AI products and, and this type of uh, success story that you're able to talk about, many aren't able to be having the same conversation at the moment because they're still wrangling with the foundational challenges of data quality, getting their governance in order and, and all of those elements. So would you say that you were further ahead in this journey, which has allowed you to capitalize on the uh, successes you see now? Or is it a case that you've worked through those foundational challenges whilst also uh, building these capabilities? A little bit of both, I would say. Uh, definitely the fact that some of the foundational work helped uh, because we did get started on this journey many years back just in getting the data foundations in place. And I think at some point uh, we, we, we spent uh, significant effort, uh, I would say fairly early uh, when I compare with the industry or mm. when we got started on that journey. So a lot of the initial part of the journey was developing those insights, creating those connections, seeing the trends, seeing where things are going and where the gaps and opportunities are which as the data started to make it together, that's when the second part of this started. So, so definitely that uh, initial stage helped. Um, another reason that stage helped was that through those years of evolution, the business leaders, the investment teams, the business teams, uh, the, the, the distribution teams, they could all start seeing what the potential is coming. So, you know, a lot of it is that cultural change uh, where we felt it exciting that you could suddenly, when we were ready for prime time, you know, it was uh, the silos had kind of already been broken. People were already bought in, you know, um, mm. and the solution teams were there that, hey, you know what, we can enable your capabilities with not just what you're bringing to the table, but, you know, with better portfolio construction in the back end with, uh, you know, a lot of our 
how do we create our capital market research a lot of those capabilities started to come together so 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 breaking across these silos which is another challenge in digital often that became easier yeah yeah and it's it's really interesting to me actually you bring up kind of the executive buy in and the buy in of the business units as well because especially in in the uh, success story you're you're telling here I can imagine that you, in, in another organization, you could do all of this amazing, fantastic work and then nobody use it because they perhaps weren't bought into it is the reason why it's useful or perhaps what you created wasn't actually solving a, a business problem. So it's really interesting that you had that buy-in to begin with. And is it something that you've kind of kept in check along the journey and had those iterations and conversations with the business because even though at the start you can have a strategy obviously as we know seldom read does a plan go from a to b and not uh, around the houses first so uh, i'm interested to, to learn a bit more about that side of your journey as well no you're right in that i think that you know a lot of these things have changed over time uh, i have learned a lot from our fellow data practitioners in other businesses and industries that the idea that you will build and they will come uh, almost never happens, right? You know, so people have to be a part of the journey throughout. Um, and uh, the good part is that most businesses, they, they are, they, they understand, you know, the, the, their business judgment is pretty high. So, you know, oftentimes as practitioners, it's our job to be able to help them make the connection that how would that help in serving clients better? How would that help us in growing as a business better? Uh, some of those are not so intuitive, but what I have learned a lot over the years, and again, as I said, through some of these networks and understanding is that how do you articulate that proposition? How do you make those connections? And, you know, we learned them the hard way, but uh, I think uh, the more you do it along the way, it works out much better. Love that. Absolutely love that. Now, what we're talking about today has, it's not just being recognized by you internally and in your teams and clients as, as a success, it's externally been very, very seriously applauded as well. And it's um, been in, uh, you mentioned that a number of journals, but also awards as well. That's right. We got through, yes. Uh, I think that has been a, an exciting part of this journey. Uh, so, you know, uh, one uh, kudos to my co-author, so my, uh, and Anand Radhakrishnan, he's my co-author and colleague. Uh, as well as uh, we worked with uh, uh, a few academics, but in particular with a couple of academics, uh, uh, you know, Professor Sanjeev Das and Professor Dan Ostra from the Santa Cla University of Santa Clara. So we worked together on a lot of these projects and papers. And um, some of these sometimes, you know, they, you feel so disruptive that you need some conviction. Uh, and mm -hmm. uh, the publication of the papers actually helped us defend ourselves and actually improve our own thought processes. And two of the awards that really stood out for me was one, the Harry Markowitz Award uh, that we got um, for the year 2018 uh, for our paper uh, published in the Journal of Investment Management. And uh, I love to flaunt the fact that uh, the, the jury of those were the Nobel laureates of finance. Um, and, and that helped us really get that conviction that we are on the right path. Um, and then as we brought this product to life, we recently got... Um, the Money Management Institute Award, uh, you know, an industry award for the disruptor of the industry uh, for our product. So you also get the conviction that, you know, not only is our thought process right, but we are bringing it to market in the right way. I love that. And um, Deep, I don't know how many of our episodes you've listened to, but I'm an incredibly visual person. And I just have this brilliant image of you sat in a boardroom one day and someone going, oh, I'm not sure. And you just pointing to the award and go... Well, I am. And just, but that's what it's about, right? It's about having that external, uh, as you say, kind of proof of concept to say that actually what we're doing is right and being disruptive can 
can be challenging at times. You're constantly out, out, out at the front uh, doing these innovative things. So it's great to have that, that recognition, as you mentioned. Now, it would be amiss of me not to do a, a bit of promo in, in this podcast as well, Deepa. You're going to be joining us at CDAO Financial Service in a few weeks' time, uh, which I'm very excited about, uh, our, one of our first in-person conferences for 2022. Uh, and you're going to be joining us as a speaker. What, what are you going to be speaking on? I will be talking a lot about personalization, uh, not just this particular product, but in general within the in, you know industry on how do we really bring that personalization uh, and to try to unpack that. And, and you know, really, I will be speaking, but my goal of going there is to equally learn from the from the peers and colleagues out there, which I have done over the past few years. So hopefully, we will get some good dialogue about how do you really package these capabilities, what are the challenges in the journey uh, that happen, and how do we learn. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to go back after a couple of years in person. So thank you. Are you wanting to meet with other senior executives in the data and analytics space? In an environment that is created for connection and inspiration? Then why not join one of our in-person conferences? We have events all over the world, and you can find out the ones closest to you by visiting careniumintelligence.com slash events. No. Of course, we're, we're excited to have you. And uh, does that mean this is your first in-person event since uh, COVID has, has kind of kicked things off? In the big way, we have had a couple, uh, uh, what you would say, the smaller ones uh, mm. interacting with a few people. But uh, this one is really exciting. The first uh, conference. And I'm, and I'm looking forward to it. And it is focused on financial services. So, yeah, a lot to look forward to. Amazing. And uh, just to our listeners there, if you would like to join Deep at CDO Financial Service, you are welcome to find the registration link in the show notes. Uh, so I do hope you will join us there. But as we uh, turn the conversation towards looking to the future, Deep, what are you wanting to achieve over the next 12 months? I think we have, I, I still feel uh, that we just got started in our journey. I think, as I said in the beginning, uh, that digital does allow you the platform to deepen our relationships. Uh, that for me is the most exciting part. And for all, all of our teams that how do we really start deepening that engagement? How do you engage across multiple domains and multiple touch points? Uh, and then in the back end, we'll continue to augment the capabilities with more data, better exchange, uh, and, you know, new frontiers of, uh, uh, of research that we are already working on. So it, it's a combination of uh, a lot more foundational work in the back end but uh, a lot more exciting, uh, you know, engagement with clients on the front end. Mm. And it's interesting to me, you, you mentioned uh, in relation to the, to the event, uh, kind of the COVID times, what are some of the biggest challenges you can see coming up in your path uh, over the next 12 months or, or even longer now that we're kind of in this transitional phase where we're, I don't want to say the new normal because uh, I think, I think that's been done to death, but um, as we start to transition into being in person, being potentially back in the office a bit more hybrid and all of that, what are some of the big challenges you can see in this new world? Yeah, I guess the uncertainties about how do we conduct the business, some of those would continue to remain. Um, and I think while my, my personally, my feeling is that in the last couple of years, we could leverage a lot, but uh, missing out on some of the innovation that comes by sitting together talking together, uh, you know, getting on a whiteboard, uh, which really drives some of the more future looking pieces. I think those are the ones that tend to be, take a little bit more backseat and the transactional parts take to be more front and center. 
so i'm hoping that we are able to get back to that how i don't know but uh, you know that things that will spark the next level of innovation and excitement i, I think is uh, what i'm looking forward to but i'm also worried about how we'll get there yeah no i think i think that's completely right um to have that kind of dual sense of excitement but anxiety around these things and obviously as we know biologically those things are rooted in the same place uh for, for us um so it's interesting that that you experience that in, in that way and it's interesting the collaboration element and what we're able to do digitally versus what we're able to do uh, in person can be can be very uh, different now what i like to do at the end of each episode deep is bring our listeners into focus for our guests. And if there's one big thing or maybe even two things that you would like our audience to be thinking about as they leave the podcast episode, what's the, the things you'd like them to focus on? Um, I think uh, what, what, what we've kind of said throughout all of this, but, but uh, I would want to reinforce that it's time to go beyond uh, the data foundation and insights, you know, which was the struggle that we had kind of worked towards um, uh, for, for years, uh, but, but go beyond that uh, into driving business and client proposition. So that transition is exciting happening across the board, uh, you know, but, but we really need to accelerate that. Amazing. Deep, it's been so lovely to catch up with you. Uh, we're really looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks' time at the event. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you beyond that. That's great. Thank you so much, Catherine, for the time. We hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. Do be sure to subscribe and follow the Business of Data podcast wherever you're currently listening to ensure you're always first in line to the latest episode. We'd also appreciate your review as well. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review. And as always, find us on socials as well as heading over to the Business of Data platform for more forms of great content, including articles, blogs, and video. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you real soon.